0: Welcome back to a new episode. Today, for me, it's an interesting conversation about when do we involve ourselves in tough conversations and when might it not be our place, even if we have an opinion about something going on. And one of the places I want to start over the last week, I had two interesting kind of advice seeking things unfold with two different friends. And the first one said, Hey, I have some speculation that my, one of my friend's husbands might be stepping out on her. Do you think I should say something? And I said, okay, speculation. Tell me what sort of evidence or proof do you have? And she said, well, so-and-so said this and -and so-and-so said this. And when we put it all together, it just looks really suspicious. And I said, well, to me, that sounds a lot like gossip and not some sort of malicious gossip where I think you're doing anything to you know, wound friend, but to go to friend and claim your suspicions or tell her your suspicions based on other people's uttering gossip about her. I, as a friend, wouldn't probably receive that all that well. And it would be hard to take it seriously if you don't have any sort of concrete evidence that this is actually happening. So gossip, by its very nature, it's casual, it's unconstrained conversation, it's based on unconfirmed details. And so I said to her, I said, if you had some sort of concrete evidence and you have the relationship with this woman, yes, I do believe to a degree it's your responsibility there, but if this is all based on other people's roundabouts, I don't think that you even have permission to bring that up, I think that's gossip and you have to avoid that. I had a second friend call me and say, Hey, we have this interesting situation unfolding where we have a family member who is engaged. It's been a very quick relationship. And we know for a fact that the man to whom she's engaged has been quite abusive in the past. What do we do about that? Now, this is a different dynamic because it's not just a friend. She's actually referring to some family members who are getting kind of in the crosshairs of this relationship. And she said, what's my responsibility here? And she was actually like, I don't think I want to have this conversation. And I just pointed out, I said, you're in a little bit of a unique position. You have firsthand witnessed his abusive behaviors. You know that this relationship has moved at a very rapid speed. And I said, I would wonder if this family member that you want to speak to, I wonder if that's not only a good idea but let's talk about what the context of that might be maybe you just encourage her to slow things down you don't give any sort of insistence that she stop the relationship because i don't believe that's your place but what you can do is really encourage her to slow stuff down give her a little bit of insight into what you have seen to be true because you've been there and you've witnessed it and just let her know to be on guard and i said you know the bummer is because they've only been in a relationship for you know about 6 months here and they're already getting married. The bummer is we have a whole host of hormones. We have a whole host of probably trauma influences going on based on this history. So you might not get very far in that conversation, but you do have a relationship built with this woman and you have family members directly affected by these actions. I think you do have the right to say something here. Now, do you have the responsibility? No, not necessarily, but you definitely have the right here. So in the first case, she felt a responsibility and I said, I don't feel that you have the right to say this. Now you can do with my advice, what you will. That's, okay. But one of the pieces of relationship that we have to understand is when we engage in gossip about friends or family, those who gossip to us will gossip of us. If we're choosing to engage gossip and calling it fact, you're really kind of hitting at a bee's nest and expecting there not to be carnage. There's going to be carnage because you don't actually have proof of what's going on. Now, in another vein of thinking, again, some things aren't either or. In another vein of thinking, people will actually come into therapy and talk through their suspicions or talk through through what they believe to be true. And we will be able to say things, you know, related to human behavior about, oh, well, he is engaging in really suspicious activity. Or you might want to consider that she could be engaging in something that's extracurricular outside of the marriage because we're noticing these trends. But that's hypothesis. And counseling is a place where hypothesis has a place. Hypothesis doesn't really have a place in casual friendships or close friendships when we're inviting in some sort of possible nuclear bomb into someone's life. I think we have to be very guarded about about having frivolous conversation about what may or may not be happening. But if you do have evidence that something is amiss, you do have evidence that someone could get severely hurt or betrayed, you have to have the relationship built first. You should not be the deliverer of news if you do not have a relationship built. So the delineation there is if it's gossip, no, I don't think you engage it. If it's well-meaning advice or if it is a caution or a warning and you do have the right to give it, remember that leading with relationship matters so much. Because if they don't lead with relationship, if we don't lead with relationship, will they even hear us? Often, no. Often it's going to be defensiveness. Often it's going to be met with resistance, which makes sense because denial is a very normal place for us to camp out when really hard things happen. Now, I would also encourage you, if you're going to go have a truthful and honest relationship with someone, please lead with grace. Lead with kindness. Lead with attuning to them. Lead with coming alongside of them before you drop a truth bomb in their life. Now, that doesn't mean we have to be nice. Niceness isn't the metric that we use for are we delivering things appropriately. And I want to give the analogy of a surgeon, right? Is a doctor being nice when he cuts us open and takes out our appendix? No, that's painful. That's awful. But it's for our good. So while it's not nice, it is the kind thing to do. It's the right thing to do. It's the thing that will help us in the long run. So if he's precise and he's intentional and he's doing it for our good, that's how we can engage tough conversations conversations. When there's no hidden motive, that's how we can deliver tough conversations. When we come alongside someone with grace first and then truth, that's how we engage tough conversations. And you have to ask this particular conversation that you want to have, is it delivered precisely? Is it about us or is it about them? Do we say things that make us feel better and make us more comfortable? Or are we able to sit with someone in their discomfort and come alongside of them and just be with them in it? Are we able to engage humbly? Are we able to say, hey, I don't have all the facts. I don't have all the answers. I just know that this conversation is important and you can do with it what you will. Because unfortunately, the proverbial shooting the messenger, that happens quite often. So even if you lead with grace, you give truth, you're being kind, you're, you're walking humbly, it can still go sideways. Being a truth teller does not win as popularity contests. I assure you that that is true. But if we're in relationships where we are allowed to speak truth and the relationship survives it, the relationship will be significantly stronger because we will know that others can receive truth and they will know that they can receive truth from us. And that's where a lot of real love actually grows. That's where a lot of beautiful relationship grows because when we navigate the hard stuff, it's an opportunity to grow in trust and it gives us assurance in the relationship. This person is here for me, they're here for my good, and I'm here for their good. We will both be better because truth was said between us. And I've had these types of relationships and it's incredible. When a friend comes to me and says, Steph, that was hurtful what you did. Now, it doesn't feel good to hear, but I certainly know how to do better when someone comes to me and says, Steph, this was not okay how that unfolded. Could you do it differently next time? Or I'm having trouble with what you did there and I'd like you to do it differently in the future. I can grow from that. One of the questions is what if we're not surrounded by anyone who is honest with us? I have so many clients come in and when I speak directly to them, they actually balk and they're like, whoa, you've got some audacity. No one speaks to me that way. And my question back to them is, well, why aren't people allowed to be honest with you. If people aren't allowed to be honest with us, I assure you it is one of the most lonely places you can land. If we do not receive truth well, it gives us short-term payoff, meaning I don't have the discomfort of this moment of feeling uncomfortable of being called out, but I assure you it has long-term consequences. It can be so incredibly painful and isolating if we are living in our own protected state and no one can speak truth to us. If they can't speak truth to us without us getting offended, we will be stagnant. And stagnance is atrophy over time. So I have this teenage client. She won't show her work to anyone because she doesn't want to receive critical feedback. And I just ask her time and time again, I say, but how are you ever going to get better at your skill if no one's allowed to see it? No one's allowed to speak truth about it. And no one's allowed to give you insight how to do better. And so I will often model for her how I invite feedback into my life because I want to grow. And feedback usually is truth or at least it's something for me to consider. And if we don't invite that in, if we're so resistant to people speaking truth to us, we have to ask ourselves, what is that about? But as much as I can encourage her to do it differently, she's going to have to decide to take the first step. So if we have people in our lives that are willing to speak truth to us, but we bulk at it, we dive out of the conversation every time, I really lament for you because truth is where relationship grows. Honesty is where relationship grows. Tough conversations is where love grows. Because love involves pain, love involves corrective action, love involves calling us out on stuff. And there's going to be pain involved. But if you're taking time and energy to protect yourself from hard conversations, there is going to be a consequence. So we have kind of a twofold conversation going on here. Number one is what if you're the one called to speak truth? First, you make sure it's not gossip. You make sure that what I'm saying is true. You make sure that what I'm saying is accurate and what someone needs to hear. Make sure that you have a good relationship with this person that is part of the bridge of even allowing them to hear. And then you have to ask, is this something they need to hear that's for their good? It's not about your comfort as the deliverer. It's about, is it for their good? And then have the conversation. Now, sometimes people will still shoot the messenger, so you've got to brace for that. Some relationships don't survive truth. That's the reality of it. But the other side of it is, do you invite truth into your life? It is hard work to sit in the grime of someone coming at us and letting us know our flaws and our faults. But if you expect to do better and be better and be an improved version of yourself, We've got to invite that in. So the other side of this conversation today says, what if no one's speaking truth to you? Why not? What's going on in your life that people don't come up alongside of you and say, hey, Steph, this is what you could be doing better. Or, hey, Steph, this is what I'm noticing and I don't think it's for your good. Or, hey, Steph, I love you enough to have this hard conversation because you would benefit from doing things differently. I need those people in my life because I do not see all things clearly. I would assume you need those things in your life because you will not see all things clearly. But we have to be certain that in those conversations, it's truth being spoken. It's not gossip. It's not secondhand information. It's not speculation. If we camp out in truth and we lead with grace first, those are things that can be so, so helpful in relationship. And if you don't know how to do that, come see someone like me. I'm actually a pretty decent truth teller and I don't mind sitting in the grime of learning the skills of receiving truth because I do think it's one of the most formative things we can include in our lives. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Please share this content with friends and family. Feel free to connect with Stephanie at healingthroughpain21 at gmail.com.